Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. If you'll open up your Bibles uh, to the Gospel of John chapter 5, we're going to get there. It's going to be a while before we do. Also, if you'd like to take out uh, your notes uh, and um, look look with me there. Uh, But I just want you to know that I'm pretty pumped up and excited today because of this blue sky out there. What about you? Wow. during all that rain, did we end up setting a record in December as far as rain? Huh? Does anybody know? We did? Wow. I tell you, it was just a lot. Just a, just a lot. And it got a little bit much for me, but, you know, we have victory in Jesus. But I can't help, uh, couldn't help but just kind of daydreaming a little bit, you know, just longing for some of those summer days. I know we'd be thankful for where we are, but, you know, I was just thinking about some of those summer days and, you know, warm summer days. I mean, warm enough to, to get out even in the Chattahoochee River. How about that? Um, and, I, and, and as I was, you know, kind of thinking along that, I was just, we've done that. You've heard stories, you know, where our family, we go out like to kayak out there and there's some cliffs, jump off, there's some rope swing. There's a rope swing that used to be down at Roswell Mill. Any of y'all ever been out on that rope swing at Roswell Mill uh, down there? Uh, I don't know. I think they may have cut it down because some people have gotten hurt really bad. I, I, and, and again, this is the way the mind works. I was just thinking about, you know, as I was thinking about warm, sunny, all that, I was thinking about probably, it was kind of, it was kind of bad, but it, I, I, I kind of laughed during it because there was these, the, well, the rope swings out there and where the rope swing is, there's a bunch of bushes, you know, there on the side, you know, of, of the river there that um, you've got to go over those uh, in order to go out on the rope swing. Y'all know how that works. Y'all have seen that. Go out on the rope swing and then you let go you know, at a certain point, and then, you know, you enjoyed the warm, sunny day in the cold Chattahoochee, you know, water, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, but there was this girl, you could tell it was her first time, and we were sitting there, I was just sitting there just kind of observing this, and they were saying, you got to hold on, you know, get up here, hold on up here, hold on, and then when you get to that particular point, and there were several people that went before to kind of demonstrate where you let go. So it's important that you hold on for a certain amount of time, and then you let go. Well, Uh, Because for most of us, our tendency is to hold on more than it is to let go. Uh, She got out over the river at the spot where she was supposed to let go and she didn't. She didn't let go and so she comes back and crashes into all those bushes and, you know, there was a lot of squealing and, you know, all that kind of stuff and it was just like, ugh. You know, it's kind of like that old song, uh, Kenny, uh, Kenny, the the white beard. Uh, you got to know when to hold them, when to fold them. Kenny Rogers, yeah, know when to hold them, when to fold them. Well, you got to know when to hold on and when to let go. You know, when you're on a rope swing, it's very, very important. Now, it's not only important when you're on a rope swing, but it's important in life. 
You know, you got to know when to hold on and when to let go. But not only that, you got to know what to hold on to and what to let go. When it comes to our lives and as, as, as we are at the threshold of this new year that God has got, that brought us to, and, uh, there's all type of possibilities, all type of opportunities to join God in where He's working. Uh, because God is always at work. As a matter of fact, in the passage that we're going to look at precedes, it's the same chapter, but it precedes when Jesus makes that statement, my Father is always at His work and I too am working. So there's all kind of possibilities. But we got to know what to hold on to and what to let go of. But too often what happens is, is we fall, uh, we fall victim, even though we're not, or we are tempted to do what the Pharisees did. And it's the first verse there on your outline. Uh, when Jesus was getting on to them, He was going, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. So really today, I want to challenge me and you to, uh, to just open up our hearts and our lives before God and say, God, through your Holy Spirit, show me if I've got it reversed. Is there anything I've got reversed in my life? Because they did. They let go of the commands of God, but were holding on to human traditions. Uh, it's, it's in the world in which we live... Uh, it's very, very easy for us to hold on to human tradition. So today, let it be your prayer, as it has been my prayer. God, show us. You know, are, are we letting go of things we should be holding on to, and are we holding on to things that we should be letting go of? As I was reflecting, you know, coming into the new year, uh, just and, and that's a typical thing we do in uh, New Year, new opportunities, new possibilities. You know, it's just another reminder that God functions in seasons of life. And as I was reflecting on that and just looking over Scripture, this next verse that is on your outline, uh, uh, I ran across it, and, and, and I just kind of hung out and just kind of marinated in this a little bit, where uh, Paul says, and we all, with unveiled, unveiled face, Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So as I was looking at this particular passage, it, 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 it really summarized what God's plan and God's deal is for me and you as followers of Jesus Christ. That through the power of His Holy Spirit, uh, that He is continuing to transform us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. He, that, that is his, that's His agenda. That you and I as followers of Jesus Christ would become more and more like Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, uh, the message, look at the way the message puts it. I, I may have it on your outline as well. But here's what the message says right here, right now. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of His face. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like Him. You know, as I looked at that and was reflecting on that and just, you know, kind of praying about, you know, where I am and what God's doing and what God is doing in my life and in His will for, um, for me, for us, you know, I, I asked that question, you know, because that stood out, brighter and more beautiful. The question I was asking is, is my life brighter and more beautiful right now 
than it was this time last year. Because that's what he's doing. He says he is gradually, he is gradually in this transforming work that he does through his presence within us, he is making us brighter and more beautiful. Because what a beautiful name it is, Jesus. Am I more, am I brighter and more beautiful than I was this time last year? Was I five years ago? Now, sometimes we can, on our own, we can take off on, the, uh, on that and where you're kind of self-condemning people and self-judging. No, but, you know, I'm asking, Father, am I, am, am I, am my life brighter and more beautiful? And I'm not asking, you know, are my circumstances any better? Uh, I'm, I'm not asking, do I have more money? I'm, I'm not asking, you know, that, but, but, Am I more like Jesus? Am I experiencing the freedom that the Holy Spirit brings? Am I experiencing the freedom from the bondage and and dominion of sin and and the catering to the flesh? And am I in my thinking, in my character, in my focus, more like Jesus? Am I more in love with the Father and more desirous of His will being done? You know, this is the standard. That, that's the standard. Not, you know, am I going to church more or praying more, reading more of the Bible or even giving more? That's not it. But am I brighter, more beautiful? And I, and I would challenge each of us to, to allow that, the Lord, to just say, this is my desire is that you be conformed to the image of my Son. Am I brighter, more beautiful? Now, the wonderful thing is the Bible tells us God is very clear. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. So we don't need to sit there in self-judgment and condemnation. You know, that's not our place. But it is to allow God to search our hearts and see what's going on and then to, to show us the way. Um, it's a sobering exercise. You know, am I living that abundant life? Am I experiencing that for which God has called me into a relationship with Him. Now here's the way we do it in this next verse. It says, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So here's the deal. The only way that you and I are going to experience that transforming work of God. The only way that we're going to be brighter and more beautiful, obviously, is through Jesus. The victory that we were just singing about is found in Jesus. You know, not in us. It's in in Him and the work that He does. He is the Savior. He is the Redeemer. He is the Restorer. It's in the person of Jesus. That passage earlier in 2 Corinthians says, you know, we're just beholding Him. We're looking to Him. Am I looking to Him or am I looking to the world? I'm looking to me. No, I'm looking to Him. And this word right there, renew, actually means exchange. It says if you really believe, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, it says if you hope in Him, if your trust is in Him, you exchange your strength. You're not operating on your strength, you're operating on His strength. And that's the reason we're able to soar on wings as eagles. But unfortunately... You know, the, as, as I have conversations with a lot of believers, professing followers of Jesus Christ, they don't describe their lives as, you know, soaring on wings of eagles. It's more like, man, I'm down in the dumps. Boy, I'm anxious. I am under the circumstances. But, but this is exactly what God wants to remind me and you of, is that this is, this is true of my children. This is true of my followers. You put your hope in Him and then you will soar on wings as eagles. That's His plan. That's kind of hard to grasp. 
Now, you don't have to be a war eagle to appreciate the majesty of a, a golden eagle. You knew I had to get a little football in, but yeah, we are not in any uh, the championship game. Uh, you don't have to be a war eagle to appreciate the majesty of a bald eagle or a golden eagle, right? Any of you ever seen a bald eagle? Golden eagle? Uh, yeah. Live? Yeah. Just, just majestic. So God uses this analogy in His Word just to, to be a practical reminder and, and, and to see them in flight. Uh, I can remember standing on the banks of the Kenai River uh, up in Alaska and seeing those bald, those majestic bald eagles. And it's like, wow. I mean, you'll even stop fishing for salmon to just kind of observe that. So, uh, but they don't start that way, do they? They don't start off by, they hadn't always been that way. They don't start soaring. They start as an egg. You know, if they start as an egg. Now you're kind of figuring out where this message title came from. Eggs don't fly. Well, you know, as much a miracle it is, and I don't understand it. I don't understand how that egg, you know, the egg hatches out and all of a sudden, you know, is, is now a bird and then the bird goes through this process. Well, you know, it's just a small reminder for us, you know, that uh, that's kind of true for our lives. You know, Christ places His life within us. But as, as much of a miracle as it is uh, for uh, that hatching process to take place, it would be even more of a miracle for an egg to fly because eggs don't fly. What's my point? My point is this. We kind of use this analogy and they always break down, but we're, we're kind of like an egg when we come into Christ. He plants His life within us. But He wants us to cooperate with Him in the process of that transformation to where we're soaring on wings as eagles. And so, uh, you know, either, either we hatch and we cooperate with that or you become a bad egg. You know, anybody ever smelled a rotten egg? Uh, here's the deal. You know, some of the most... I don't know. Maybe this isn't correct, but it seems like... The rotten smelling folks that I, I've been around were, quote, professing believers. Really? Yeah. So just, just because, you know, there's that, that title that we give ourselves doesn't mean that we are cooperating with Him. God wants me and you to soar. He wants us to fly. He wants us to exchange our strength for His. And, and to experience the abundant life that He speaks of in John 10.10, 10, that we live abundantly. So you look at your life and you're going, well, I'm not experiencing that. As a matter of fact, some of, some of you are saying here today, Mike, I appreciate that. That's all sweet. But quite honestly, I'm just try, trying to survive what I'm dealing with right now. Quite honestly, I can't think about that. I, I'm just trying to cope with the hurt and the pain that's in my life or in the relationships that I'm dealing with. I, I'm, I'm trying to overcome some of the hurts and hang-ups and habits you know, that have plagued my life for so long. I'm just trying to experience some, a little bit of peace. I'm just trying to make it through and, make, and experience a little bit of peace in the storms of life that are coming my way. But quite honestly, if we just stop for a moment, that's a self-agenda. That's your agenda, not God's agenda. God's agenda, He's very clear. He's, he's, he's clear in the verses that we've already talked about. And he's clear in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. It says, For those He foreknew, He also uh, predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. 
That's, that's, that's God's agenda. It's to do such a mighty work in you and me that we reflect the beauty of Jesus Christ. So here's a transform, transformation truth right here. How do we get there? Because, you see, some of us, have, you know, maybe you feel like you've been languishing and, and, and not experiencing the victory that we were saying so enthusiastically about. Here's a transformation truth that we can't get around. It says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. This is one of the hard sayings, but here's what here's here really comes down to this. Again, we got to know when to hold on and know when to let go. And he's saying, if you try to hold on to your life, if you try to hold on to your life, Maybe even your plans, your agenda, what you think. If you try to hold on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will find it. The message actually says, if you do that, you will actually find out who God really is and who you really are. This is, this is the transformation truth. that It really comes to this. We've got to let go. There's got to be a letting go. And so I want us to look at, at this passage in John. It took me a while to get there, right? But to look at this passage in John, you know, to give us some understanding of what it means to let go of your life. You know, especially when we're prone to hold on. You know, um, the perception, you know, that we're in control or, you know, we can give Him just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. No, but what does it mean uh, to let go? And so let's look at these three observations. These are just observations from this particular passage. It's going to be a familiar passage to you. But I want us to look just a little deeper and try to understand a little bit what may be going on there. Let go and soar. Let's look at John chapter 5, uh, beginning with verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for a feast of the Jews. Now there was in Jerusalem the sheep gate, a pool which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. And here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who had been there uh, uh, an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the poo when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which they, this took place was a Sabbath. And the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick, up your, uh, pick it up and walk? And the man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him at the temple and said, see, you're well again. Stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews, it was Jesus who made him well. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, we just want to come before you right now and just ask that through your Holy Spirit that you open our eyes to your word. You speak 
Holy Spirit, through Your Word. And now we just ask that through this, that, that you, would, you would show us individually, maybe corporately, any, any areas of our life where we may be holding on to that which um, You are calling us to let go. Lord, today, may we put our hope in You follow Your lead, obey what You say, and experience the freedom and the abundance that You desire for each of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alright. Everybody, probably everybody familiar from this particular passage. But uh, let's break it down just a little bit. You know, here's Jesus uh, and uh, He comes up uh, to... Um, to this man who is paralyzed or an invalid, you know, been laying uh, there for uh, quite a long time. And uh, Jesus asked him this just very simple question. Do you want to get well? Matter, matter of fact, I think that he may be asking every one of us that today. Do you want to get well? You want to get well? Well, the man doesn't answer. Instead, look what he says. He, he didn't answer. Yeah, I want to get well. And, and, and it's not, it's not a mean-spirited question. We know that Jesus, this, this is not Jesus' agenda, but He's asking a very relevant question. Do you want to get well? And the man doesn't, He gives some, you know, excuses or explanation rather than to say, yeah, I want to get well. He doesn't, he doesn't reveal that. He says, well, I have no one to help me out of the pool when, when the water's stirred. And, and when I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me and, 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 and uh, in this and other uh, places in the Bible, it, it, it reveals that there was a, a verse 4 that was kind of left out that, that uh, other older manuscripts had, and, uh, and that is that there was an angel of the Lord that would come down and stir the waters. And verse 7 kind of points that out. He said, when the waters stirred, there's nobody there to help me. And so he's given, he's given this you know, uh, explanation or excuses like, well, uh, uh, of what's going on rather than going yes or no. So Jesus just doesn't even really acknowledge what he's saying. And he just says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. You know, it's interesting, you know, as, as Jesus is here, this guy, he's asking this man, do you want to get well? This man, it says, has been in this way for 38 years. 38 years. Longer than Jesus had been alive. You know, he's like, hey, what are you, you know, young whippersnapper, Jesus around 32, 33 years old at this point. He said, what are you, I, I, I've been in this condition. What are you, no. He had been in that place for a long time. I can't imagine, you know, what it would be like. Uh, perhaps you can. But he'd been paralyzed for all this time. And so Jesus says, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. And what does it say? What did the guy do? He got up. Now, here's something that's interesting as we look at this particular passage. This guy has no idea who Jesus is. You know, he doesn't know this is Jesus. He has no idea. You know, uh, but he gets up and he picks up his mat and, and he's walking around and he's going, whoa, I'm walking. And he's walking out there and it happened to be on the Sabbath and the Jews going, oh, nope, not today. Not today. You can't get healed on a holy day. Not today. 
And, and by the way, you know, the greater commands, you know, they thought they were following the law, but the greater command in the Old Testament, the law was to love one another, to love God. You know, so they were hanging on to human traditions. He goes, well, what do you mean not today? The man who healed me told me to get up and pick up my mountain walk. Uh, and they go, well, who was this? And he goes, I don't know. The Bible says that Jesus had slipped out. He said, I don't know. All I know is that He said, pick up my mat and walk. Here's some observations that, that I think that can go along with this. Now, again, it's not scriptural, but kind of reading into this as far as this particular experience and to help us understand some things about how we can experience the fullness, the healing, the truth, the abundance that God wants in each of our life. Number one, if we're going to let go and soar, we've got to let go of the past. Let go of the past. You know, for this particular guy, when Jesus says, do you want to be healed? He, he started defining Himself through all the stuff of the past. And again, I can't imagine 38 years being in this way. But there was this unusual emotional connection to His pain. And matter of fact, it, He allowed this to kind of define Him. He goes, man, you know, every time I try, I, I can't get there. If we're going to be able to respond to what Jesus is offering, we've got to let go of the past. Maybe let go of the pain. You know, he's talking about, you know, this drama. Every time the, the pool is stirred and he's trying to get down there, somebody that's faster and smarter, you know, gets in there before he can. And so he begins to define his life in response to Jesus by going, he's rehearsing the drama of the past. Maybe another way to say that is let go of the drama. And you're going, well, that's just rude. No, th this guy was rehearsing the pain, the hurt, the drama of his life. You know, you don't know anybody that thrives on drama, do you? Huh? You know, I mean, think about that. I mean, think about that. You know, how drama has really become a way of life. You know, and, 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 and insert drama in everything and every situation. But gotta let go of that. Let, let go of what has happened. The question that Jesus is asking is, do you want to let go of this? Do, do you, do you, do you want to stop allowing this to define you in your life? You know, but so often, you know, it is in that dramatic, you know, we're, we're prone and, and, and I've probably been to the school of drama more, you know, than most of you. And so I understand, you know, drama. But, um, you know, it is, you know, it's dramatic and it's like, it is the way it is. You know, it is, it is the way it is. And we use that expression to qualify why we won't let go. Jesus says, do you want to get well? And he's going, well, I can't. Uh. And, and, do you want to let go of this? It doesn't have to define you. Let go of that emotional connection to your past, to the pain, to hurt, whatever it may be that has defined you in your life. See, there's no rule that says that you have to hold on to everything that someone has said about you the rest of your life. There's no rule that says you have to hold on to the hurt that has been done to you. Uh, it doesn't have to be your calling card, but sometimes for some of us, we're not experiencing that victory and that abundance because we're still rehearsing the past. 
He's going, let go of that. You know, this guy had just given Jesus hope. He said, do you want to get well? And then look what, you know, again, that, that verse 7 gives us really a second observation. Let go of faulty thinking. Uh, he goes, you know, I have no one to help me. This response for this man really gives us his worldview. The, his, uh, faulty thinking, his worldview. And we all have a worldview, right? We all have a worldview. And he goes, I have no one to help me. You say that enough? I have no one to help me. I have no one. And that had been his experience. But right then he did. I have no one to help me to get into the poo. While I am trying, someone else goes ahead of me. Here's the deal. <clears throat> this man back then believed that life and abundance really uh, went to those that were the fastest and the smartest. You know, he'd always been beaten. He'd always been beaten. I have no one to help me. There's someone I always gets in. And, and again, in that, uh, the picture is that an angel uh, would come and stir this pool and then whoever got in first was healed. I have no one to help me. There's someone always gets there before me. We've never, we've never embraced that worldview though, have we? You know, that... Life really goes and success goes to the smartest and the fastest and the most connected. I mean, th think, about our think about our lives and the things that we often strive for. You know, but as we come down to understand this, it's really, that's based on, even though we understand grace, we hear grace, that the fastest and the smartest, and think about our pursuits, think about the investments of our life, think about what's going on and, 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 and how we weary ourselves. But that's self-performance. That's based on self-will. This man was a man of antiquity 2,000 years ago, and he already believed that success belongs to the fastest and the smartest. But what God wants us to understand is that He operates on grace and truth and mercy. This right here, Bethesda, it's the house of mercy. The house of mercy. God deals in grace, truth, and mercy. It's not, you know, the fastest, the strongest, and the best. And uh, I mean, it's not, it doesn't hurt to get faster, and it doesn't hurt to get smarter or stronger, but that's not where life comes from. Jesus is the source of life. There's an interesting verse in Ecclesiastes here. Maybe you've already read this, but... I mean, it, it's like we're not sovereign. We need to hear this in America. He said, again, I saw under the sun, the race is not to the swift. What? Wait a minute. We're, we're, we're always saying, you know, stride. The, no, the race is not always to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor the bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, nor favor to those with knowledge. But look at this. But time and chance happen to them all. What? What? We can't define God. God is sovereign. And what He wants us to understand is that His Word is the living Word. We, we need to let go of, of this faulty thinking that if we just continue to strive and do be... No, no, no. We just need to... Behold Him. 
and respond to Him. Let go of the, some of the past stinking thinking and you're going, oh, I, don't, I don't know. Well, ask Him. Ask Him to reveal to you. You know, some, we call it stinking thinking around here. But let go of whatever that worldview is that's dominating your life. Ask Him to reveal that to you. But as we go on, we see that not only that, but let go of the pain or let go of the past and let go of this faulty thinking. But the last one is let go of the need to know it all. Now, I didn't have enough room to put all this up here, but let go of the need to know it all and understand it all for it to be real. Now, we, we're pretty big about that. You know, knowledge is power and all that kind of stuff. But we need to let go of the need to know it all and understand it all in order for it to be real. Because what we see here is this guy, you know, again, you know, Jesus says, get up, take up your mat and walk, and he gets up. And, and, and he is confronted, he is confronted by the, the Jews of that day and said, you can't do this. This is on, on this day. All I know is that I got legs now and they're working and I'm walking down these streets. And they're going, well, not on this day. Who told, who told you that? He goes, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, and, 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 in this right here, where's the formula? You know, we often look for formulas. There, there's no formula. You know, Jesus said, get up. That's grace. He didn't say, okay, now repeat after me. You know, I'm healed. I'm healed. He didn't say that. There's no formula there. I don't know. He gets up and walks and Jesus slips away. Why are you doing this? Who told you? His life was transformed because he encountered Jesus. But he couldn't explain it all. He, he didn't even know who it was. We've got to let go of the concept that we've got to understand it before we can experience it. Because God's greater than that. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Now the best part of the story it says here that, uh, he didn't know, it says later Jesus found him in verse 14. Later Jesus found him at the temple. Now let's think about that in a minute. What's this guy doing at the temple? I imagine that what's going on is he had to, you know, he's going, I don't know who did it, but it had to be some holy man or something. So he went to the holiest place he knew, the temple. The, the, the zenith of holiness. He went there and he was looking for this holy man, which he presumed, you know, it healed him. But guess what? He didn't find Jesus. What does it say? And Jesus found him. Jesus found him. That's a beautiful picture. That's a beautiful picture of God's love. And the truth of the matter is, is that even your presence here today is an indication of God's love for you and His initiative. Jesus found him. And look what he says. Now, sometimes we get this all messed up in our theology. He says, oh, Jesus says, see, you are well again. Stop sinning. Or something worse will happen to you. Now, some people have been oh, you know, you're going to have something worse than paralysis, you know, if you keep on sinning. You're going to get that judgment. No, Jesus, I think this is a declaration as we've heard before. When the woman that was caught in adultery, he says, go and sin no more. It was a declaration 
of his sovereignty. Because here's the deal. You and I can't stop sin. We know I need a Savior. What Jesus is saying there is what's, wor what's worse than that? What's worse than what he was going through? He said an eternity separated from God. An eternity separated from God. We got to let go of some stuff. The fact of the matter is, is that some of you are here today and, and, and you're paralyzed. You're paralyzed by the fear of something, of losing something that God's already said. I want you to let go of that. Because see, I'm a good, good father. You can trust me in this. Put your hope in me. Like this man, maybe you've been paralyzed for years and years and years and not been able to move forward in, 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 in your life and experiencing the grace and the glory of God. Why? Because you're holding on. Some of you may be still paralyzed, you know, by performance and self-will. It's still tainted in that, and that's where you're striving and trying to, you know, find God. God's saying, listen, listen, let go, let go. Maybe like this man, you're paralyzed because, you know, you're trying to understand it all. You're still trying to make sense of it all. This guy just encountered Jesus, didn't know it, and Jesus said, get up, and he got up. God is faithful in doing that. God is not hiding out. He's not playing some sick, sadistic game with us. But He has revealed Himself. He knows our frailty. He knows what condition we're in. But today, He comes afresh and anew to find you and says, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? Last verse. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Not only does He want to make you well, but He wants you to be able to soar above the circumstances, soar above the deficiencies, soar above all the things that have limited me and you, and to be able to experience the grace that only He gives. You want to get well? Let's pray. Father God, we come before You today and we, we ask that as You are offering Your hope and Your healing, that... Lord, that we don't, we just let go. We let go of things that we've been holding on to that has crippled us and paralyzed us and kept us immobile. We just want to let go of that right now. I want to invite each and every one of you just to just spend a moment with the Lord as He is speaking to you. You want to get well. Ask Him to reveal to you what it. What do, I, what do you want me to let go of, Lord? What am I holding on to that's weighed me down? That's brought depression and defeat and anxiety. Let go.
Lord, today I pray that each of us acknowledge you as Savior. This man realized that he couldn't stop sinning apart from a Savior. Well, we can't. We need a Savior. You've already judged our sin on the cross. Now today, may we trust you to let go of our life, let go of the things that have paralyzed and crippled us, and allow you to take a soaring on your wings. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.